So, you know, he could have infected our network, but thankfully my antivirus solution caught it, killed it, and then alerted me. But it was just ironic that it was somebody in the law enforcement industry that got brought an infected USB device into our environment. Welcome to Blue Team Diaries, the podcast that celebrates and honors the professionals who work tirelessly to defend their organizations and those who build tools to support defenders. In each episode, host Peter Manav invites his guests to share their stories and experiences in a fun and lighthearted conversation. Blue Team Diaries is sponsored by Stamus Networks, a global provider of network-based threat detection and response solutions. Learn more at stamus-networks.com. Hey, welcome. Michael Dilala is the Senior Network Technician for the Penfield Central School District. He's served in this role since 2009, where he's the primary network administrator tasked with all aspects of infrastructure configuration, maintenance, and cybersecurity. Mike has 25 years of IT experience in a career that has spanned educational, nonprofit, and corporate organizations. Thank you very much for being uh, with us here on the podcast. Um, first question, can you share a cool project you've been working on recently? Something oh, that keeps you busy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I got, I got many of those, but thank you for inviting me to be on this podcast. I, I appreciate it. Um, so one of, one of the projects I think I've been working on recently actually goes around cybersecurity. So one of the issues that we were facing in our school as a district is that everyone's got a lot of tools. Right? We've got antivirus, we've got patches, we've got um, policies, got a lot of tech to uh, kind of catch you know ransomware hackers, things like that. But one of the things that we were um, dealing with was, especially during the summer, is what, if a teacher calls us and says, hey, you know, I forgot my password, can you reset it for me? How can we really verify that's the person we're really talking to? Because it could be anybody, right? It could be someone calling up says, I'm this person. And the natural people naturally want to help other people. So it was kind of like, there required, there wasn't really a good technical solution to that specific problem, right? It's, it's kind of like human, human, human interaction. So I, I got to thinking of myself, and I was like, well, I could probably write a PowerShell script to do something here. So what I'm doing was creating a PowerShell script that my staff can use. So what it does is that they launch the script. Uh, it asks for the users um, that's calling them their email address. They put it in. It then goes out and it um, goes to Azure and it grabs their two-factor phone number for their cell phone. Uh, it then creates a number, a random number, four-digit random pin. It displays the pin on my technician's work screen and then it texts that pin using an SMS gateway to that person's cell phone. So then they immediately, within a second or two, they get the four-digit PIN, they read the PIN back to my staff member on the phone, and that verifies that they're actually talking to the person that claims to be that person. So that way, there's no way of anyone you know, saying, hey, I'm Jane Doe, um, I need you to reset my password. Because if they can't talk back to what the, what the PIN is, they don't tell my tech what the PIN is, then, um, then they, they, they can't get their password reset. Very nice, very nice. And I mean, is that project now complete or you still want to add a few things or a few features to it or things like that or it, it's complete now you know i had to say that i saw you know before i was using their like their every cell phone provider has like a um 
an email address you can text your phone to, to email your phone. It comes with a text message. But we actually used a, a REST API to tie into an SMS gateway. So that way it goes through instantly. It's not filtered through any type of, you know, Verizon cell phone spam filter or AT&T spam filter. It going through a legitimate SMS gateway. So it always gets on the phone, on that person's phone. Well, how did you come up with the idea? I mean, the idea I can understand, but how did you come up with with uh, with actually doing it? I, I mean, I assume as a lot of people in cybersecurity, you're pretty busy. Um, how did you, you come up with the time and the idea? Was it out of frustration? Was it just to make it easy for your colleagues? What, what drove you? Well, it was a, I couldn't find a, like a kind of a paid solution that would do all of what I was just saying right there, not without like programming everyone's cell phone numbers into it. I wanted to grab onto a, a system that we already had data for. Um, and since they, we require MFA, so we have everyone's cell phone numbers inside of Azure stored. So that was an easy place to grab that data from. Uh, but I wanted to do it because, you know, I did this probably about a year or so ago um, because it was kind of like a hole in our kind of cybersecurity plan, right? Um, we don't want people resetting passwords unless you absolutely know that that's the person. Um, so that was kind of a, something I needed, I always wanted to do. And I was like, well, maybe I can do this with PowerShell. And I was able to complete it um, completely. And now it's something that they use, you know, probably a few times a week. Oh, nice, nice. Nice, uh, excellent, cool. Um, well, having in mind that we're all with the background of this cyber industry where there is actually things happening all the time, and I understand if you cannot share details exactly, but the question begs my curiosity. Can you share with us like an old crap moment or like a close call where you were like nearly breached or you managed to avoid disaster? If you can share any such a case or, or details and like what was the, the, the experience out of it? Sure, yeah. A couple of years ago, um, I would have to say that um, it was interesting. So I was at home, it was probably 8.30 at night, and I got an a, a email from my, uh, my antivirus solution that, that I run. And it, um, the way I have it built out is it, um, it, the ransomware is in a certain family. And so I have my antivirus system logged to a syslog server. And they say, if you see a message that contains this word in it, email it to me. So I set it up like a few years ago. And never, nothing ever, you know, for, mainly for ransomware. And nothing ever came through. Then one night at 8.30, it came into my email and said, hey, you got something here. It's like, what? 8.30 at night, school closes at like 5. So I, uh, I look at it. And then I VPN in. And I remote into that machine. And it's a PowerPoint presentation that I see. And it's all about like cybersecurity. It's all about um, protecting you know, your data. And I'm watching the slides go through. And at the end, it has Sergeant, like some name uh, from, a, from a local law enforcement agency. And I'm like, well, that's what, what are they doing in a classroom at 8.30 at night? Come to find out, he was doing a presentation to like parents um, about you know, securing their data. And so what happened was he plugged in, he worked for like the cybersecurity for some law enforcement. And one of his jobs was to research uh, like ransomware. When something comes in through a local like private company, he'll get the ransomware, submit it, then his team will like look at it. Yeah. Well, something got under the USB that stored his PowerPoint presentation. So, so you know, he could have affected our network, but thankfully my antivirus solution caught it, killed it, and then alerted me. But it was just ironic that it was somebody in the law enforcement industry 
that got brought an infected USB device into our environment. <laughs> my, my security system detected it, deleted it, and notified me as such. But it was very odd, you know, and it was, I guess it was probably one of the closer times I've seen um, where actually a ransomware actual variant was into our network. Uh, but but th thankfully, it was caught by our, our antivirus. That, that's an interesting case, by the way. Kind of, I'm sure it generated interesting conversations with the, the corresponding side, of course. <laughs> it did. I let my manager know, and he let them know, uh, and then they, they didn't realize that, yeah, that, that he used it in their test environment, and their test environment happened to get that infected. From the USB drive. See, yeah. I think it can happen just like, you know, even without actually being actively targeted, things like can happen just because of, you know, you miss something or you assume something and things like that and get it from a, from a, like a sandbox and test environment. That is very, very scary, actually, because it, it, I, I was with your background, especially, and I actually, I, I admire what you're doing because you're actually protecting a school system, right? So you're actively doing that as opposed to commercial folks or similar things or, or other organizations. Uh, but it's it's a it's kind of a noble cause because you're actually defending kids from from uh, from malicious actors. Um, my question is, can that be really tough sometimes? Having in mind you're actually protecting the kids, right? So, so I'm, I'm assuming it has it, it could be difficult sometimes knowing that somebody is actually or something is actually actively trying to do harm to, to actually kids, you know, in high school things like that. And I'm sure you've seen things. Does does this have a uh, does this make your job more difficult? Uh, yeah. We, well, as, and if you look at the news, uh, uh, ransomware K twelve is one of the top attack verticals for your for ransomware attacks, uh, mainly because we don't have the huge budgets or the huge security teams that a lot of big companies do. So we do get we do get we do get attacks. Um, I see, you know, phishing tends to be a big thing. Um, I did we did get one phishing which was interesting. Most of the phishing that we get are like general, like they throw out hundred thousand emails. They expect to get certain people to respond to that. Um, one phishing came, attack came in, which was designed just for us in mind. It had our logo. It had our, our color scheme. Um, it was hosted on, yeah, it was, it was really, because it had like a bird, which is kind of our sports team logo on it. And, um, and it went to a local US-based, like, I think it was like Wix, where they give you like free 10 megabyte space or something like that, and uh, is where it was hosted. So it was definitely a legitimate attack, and it went out to a lot of our staff. Um, and this was before the days of MFA. So um, I think they got they got a few people on that one. But um, like most agencies now, we know we, we you know obviously we use MFA now to help you know protect against those those phishing attacks. So that was actually a specifically targeted thing. Besides everything else, that was specifically crafted for you guys. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Most of the ones have like you know the generic Microsoft logo on it. Uh, but this one said, you know, the Penfield IT department, our color scheme, the red background was our color scheme. The logos from our website were embedded in it. So it was, it was something worked a little bit to try to, to try to get to that us. That is interesting. I mean, I'm sure things like that happen as you're just sharing that, that, and thank you very much sharing uh, that info. I'm sure things like that happen, but like, well, sometimes when you, when I step aside, when I look at it from, from a, just from a different perspective is like, 
what would you get out of a high school? You know what I mean? You're going to run somewhere. What, I mean, why would you do that? This is just like, it's a totally different type of organization, right? I mean, as I said, as a kid's learning, learning organization, it has nothing to do like, as you mentioned, the big organizations or big uh, things where the ransomware's payout would be huge. It's just like, uh, sometimes I think about it, I'm like, and I admire what you, like, once again, I admire what you're doing because it's like, why would you target specifically that high school or a high school? It doesn't matter. Um, just goes to show, I think, that, you know, malware actors don't really have uh, any, <laughs> any, any scrutiny there, to be honest. And I'm sure you see a lot of that as well. Yeah, I think, it, I think the targeting could be because, you know, it's, uh, you know, we're government institution. So, you know, we they could say, well, they have the money, they have a government, you know, will, is willing to pay out ransom. You know, they could think of, of that type of situation where, you know, maybe they think the money's guaranteed that we're definitely going to pay out 100% of the time. So, you know, I, you know, I think it's, it's, and I think it's, it's, it's because they, they know we don't have, you know, 50 people working in cybersecurity, right? I mean, you know, we, yeah. we aren't, we aren't an IBM, we're not a, a Lenovo, we're not a big company. So maybe it makes, in their mind, maybe it's a, it's an easier attack. Uh, yeah, you, you're actually a school, you're a learning institution, you're a school institution, you're not a cyber vendor, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's a great difference. And so you were mentioning like, one of the major constraints, of course, is like you have something very precious that you're defending. You know, uh, young uh, young kids, maybe next generation cybersecurity experts too. Um, and you, naturally, uh, you're under budget. You don't have all the uh, the personnel that you would want to have. Nobody does anyway in in the high school system, I suspect. What is your go-to tool that you use every day and couldn't live without, let's say, in, in that type of work? Well, let's see. I think um, logs are very important to me in my kind of work. Uh, everything from Active Directory audit logs to Azure audit logs to, um, you know, antivirus logs. Uh, logs, even for troubleshooting, um, are, are big in, in, in my environment. Um, I spend a lot of time reviewing logs, um, you know, seeing, you know, if there's any threat actors, um, Maybe even as much as like, you know, hardware that might be starting to fail um, will show up in some of my logging. Um, so I have to say that, you know, my logging tools are pretty are pretty important. Um, and then PowerShell. Um, I do a lot of automation with PowerShell. Um, I think I do a lot of work with that, that, um, that scripting language. So that, that is something that has been a very, uh, I would say, helped my position out a lot. So do you think actually... So let's say PowerShell. Uh, do you think actually the tool is as important as the person using it? Curveball question there. Well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, in PowerShell, I was never a scripting guy. You know, so I've always been, you know, the GUI guy. You know, I got into the mid '90s into IT, um, and then over time, I realized, you know, the benefits of learning a scripting language, um, and so uh, it's. You know, you can do a lot with it, but it takes um, it takes a big learning curve to get to to learn it. As any, I think a developer would know who does programming all the time. But um, yeah, I think um, you know, it's it's the more you can learn any type of I think additional language these days, the better you are with your career, and the more you can do with it. So, uh, yeah. in, in other words, this is actually something that gives you flexibility to empowers you to 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 do what you really what you really want to do, but. Um, have you ever thought, like, if you had a chance to use another tool for the same jump, 
would you do it? Would you? Is there another tool actually to replace that? No, I don't think so. No, PowerShell is, is really like a Windows. You know, to do anything you can do, you want with it. PowerShell. There's nothing. It's not like it's a, a, a developing language like a Python or, or Ruby. It's nothing like that. It's simply scripting. And so, as a network administrator, um, you know, scripting is really all I need to do to, to get to accomplish all of my tasks. And especially when you were mentioning that you didn't have, you know, all the all the tools and software that you need, you have to actually have to do your own, to resort to doing your own thing and, you know, uh, do your own scripting, just as you were mentioning with the uh, with the password reset and the authentication early on um, and all that. So you, you have to know. You. Well, um, question, if you, um, like, if somebody's thinking about becoming a cyber defender, right, uh, our line of job, your line of job, let's say, if you have one piece of advice, well, what would it be? Well, let's see. I think some advice, I think um, you want to start at, in the network administration field, right? You don't want to jump right into cybersecurity if they have a fundamental idea of how a network runs, right? You got to learn what your VLANs are, uh, access control is, firewall rules, um, you know, everything from your antivirus, uh, how, you know, how to configure that correctly for the environment. Um, I don't. In my opinion, I don't think you could just go straight from maybe a classroom setting to cybersecurity. I think you should have some type of network administration background. So you have a fundamental idea of what's going on in a network, learn your Wireshark, you know, learn how to use these various technologies before you can go straight down like a cybersecurity path. Um, you know, that's I think having the underlying basic understanding of how a network works day to day, and you know, even outside cybersecurity. Um, is fundamentally important to understand the network and how it works as a whole. Right, right, right. Um, well, on on that on that note, actually, what made you choose cybersecurity? I mean, did you wake up one day and say, "This is what I'm going to do," or like, how did it happen? Well, let's see. So, was, you know, obviously, as a network administrator, you know, you're jack of all trades, master of none. I think it is. So, um, you know, I started as I got later in my career. I was started. Had the option of I can start focusing on niche things. Before it was like you know, because I right now I do I, Cisco, I do VMware, I do AC firewalls, um, I do you know all the antivirus, cybersecurity, but cybersecurity is is kind of been a focal point of mine um, because of everything you see on the news, right? People getting ransomware, phishing campaigns, um, you know, hacks against websites, uh, you know, SolarWinds I think had that big hack. So, you know, I've been kind of focusing more on those type of solutions because I find, um, I guess you would say it's, it's interesting because it's constantly evolving. You know, it's one of the things we had to solve was people were plugging in their laptops to our network, you know, um, personal laptops, right? Go to a jet plug in. Well, we deployed a NAS solution. So now when they plug in, it won't go anywhere, right? They don't have access to our network. So, um, you know, they were, you know, they were doing that. So. Um, I like when I can, you know, see those problems, identify them, and then build solutions to to solve those problems to make us just that little bit more safer. Right, right. Uh, so, what motivates you to 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 still stay in the field and not not, you know, go do something else? Right? I'm assuming after some time, right? People are saying, eh, "I've done this for a few years now. I'm fed up with. It. I want to change." Do you have that? 
Well, the great thing about my position is I'm in, I I get my hands in everything, right? Because we're not like a big company where all you do is cybersecurity, right? So I, I handle all the you know all the the VMware, all the Cisco stuff, all the firewall stuff, antivirus stuff, group policy, Active Directory. Um, so I've got my hands in a lot of different things, but because I have my access to all those various um, areas, I can fine tune them to kind of work together, right? So you know, like the Cisco, I have a VLAN, right? So I, I break out my VLAN, so one VLAN can't necessarily talk to the other VLAN, right? So if one got something got happened on one VLAN, it can't spread to the other. So you know, knowing that little bit of, t of that knowledge kind of creates you know an entirety of, of, a, of a solution. Where I'm not just focusing on securing after directory or securing my firewalls, securing my desktops. I can actually secure a little bit of everything, so everything works together. Um, is there anything that you think could be stopping people from pursuing a career in cybersecurity? Is there anything that you thought is scarier than it actually is? Um, I I don't think so. I think cybersecurity is, is a growing um, area. Obviously, is it keeps making the news. Um, you know, I think that the yep. <laughs> um, and I think you know, cloud is probably the next big thing. Where there, you know, if you start getting into cloud solutions, um, you know, that's going to be like the next area. I think they're going to focus on on, on the hackers going to focus on those cloud solutions because a lot of us are getting away from the on-prem world. You know, where everything was hosted locally. Over time, everything's becoming cloud-based. So I think the focal of attack for you know people that work in cybersecurity now is going to be different a decade from now. When I think most of our data is going to be hosted in the cloud, and that's going to be where people are going to focus, you know, their attacks. Okay, that that may sound a bit scary even for me now. That note you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot there. Sure, 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 sure. Um, final question. Um, if there's somebody, would you like to give a shout out of any mentors that help you? Somebody, uh, your teacher, your uh, person yeah. that got you into cybersecurity. That's so, uh, probably the person that got me in my career. So if I, if I, well, I've always been computers even as a kid, but in high school, um, I was doing a lot of, uh, you remember war dialing? If you've been around where you had the modem, it would dial. So in high school, you would, Set up the thing to dial, come home, and be all these modem carriers on the printer, right? When you, like, when you hear, like, okay, that's squeaky, squeaky sound, like. Yeah, right? And so then you would go in and you would say, okay, what are these? You dial them, and then some of them would be like, no pad, no security at all, right? It'd be some private company, because back then nothing was interconnected. So I started doing that stuff, and then I got into high school, and uh, they had like a, a Novell network, network there. And I became friends with a teacher who was like, hey, we're having some problems with some of these computers in this lab that are networked. Can you, can you see if you can fix them? So I started learning how to fix computers in the lab. Um, and so I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool stuff. I can use what I, what I know to kind of like help people rather than war dialing all day. So um, I learned, got Novell Manual, learned Novell Netware, and I was able to troubleshoot the 50, pers or 50 computer uh, lab um, and I got paid for it while I was in high school to troubleshoot that stuff, fix it, you know, cloud out print queues, set up accounts, reset passwords. Uh, and that, that little bit of knowledge from high school propelled me into a job for um, um, right out of high school as a, as a junior level network technician for a healthcare company. So um, I would, you know, shout out to, you know, Mr. Ramsey and uh, was his name. And he really kind of, you know, was, was say, hey, you can actually make a living doing this stuff. And so that kind of started 
So then it's been what, 26 years now in IT. So it's been quite the ride. Amazing. Well, I would actually like to thank Mr. Ramsey too, because uh, Mike, I'd like to thank you for being the professional that you are, for being a truly, you know, blue team or defense. I admire what you're doing, like doing a cyber defense on in a school uh, system, basically protecting kids. Um, only admirable stuff in there. Uh, thank you very much for what you're doing. I uh, would. I want to also express gratitude for being on on uh, on the podcast uh, and recording. True pleasure. Thank you for joining. Oh, thank, thank you, Peter. I appreciate it. It's, it's, it's been a, it's been a pleasure um, to be talking with you. Likewise. Thank you, Mike. All right. Take care. Thank you for celebrating and honoring the defenders with Blue Team Diaries. You can find this and all our previous episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. If you're interested in learning more about our sponsor, Stamus Networks, please visit stamus-networks.com.